Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Good evening. Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast and Fishhawk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Captain Bob Hines from Central Coast Angling in Lake Michigan's Grand Traverse Bay. Captain, thanks for joining the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the time. It's awesome to have you here on this Thursday evening. Before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself and your charter. Okay, I'm Central. I am Captain Bob Hines. I'm from Central Coast Angling. I was the founder. I've been a captain for Central Coast Angling for about six seasons now. I started on the river and transferred to the lakes. I've been fishing Lake Michigan, Grand Traverse Bay for roughly 30 years. Uh, my, my dad started me and my grandpa. I uh, stepped away from it for a while to fish on the trout streams, and in 2015, I believe it was, I came back to the lake, got licensed, and I have just built a program. I uh, I do a lot of salmon fishing. I do a lot of lake trout jigging. Lake trout jigging is hands down probably my passion. Um, on my free time, I enjoy spending time with my family, boating, fishing. I fish on my days off. Uh, as any good charter captain should do. Uh, perch fishing is a big passion of mine. We've really introduced that into our charter program the last year and a half or so. Um, perch is hands down my favorite meal to eat. I did mention walleye fishing. I take my kids walleye fishing and I do a few charters, but it's not a hot thing for me um, just because we do not have the best walleye fishery here in Northern Michigan. A lot of people go down to Erie and Lake St. Clair. So instead of going down there to work, I hang here. My salmon season starts in May. Um, I'm a busy, busy man. I've got an amazing wife who supports me and three little girls and a lot of supportive friends and a great supportive group around me. And I stay busy. I work, uh, I work almost every day on the water. I got this lovely sunburn that's been going on since April. So that's Captain Bob and Bob Hines and Central Coast Angling. Yeah, if you don't have those raccoon eyes, then you're you're not really a charter captain. If your charter captain does not have those raccoon eyes, he's either A, using sunblock, or B, he's not fishing enough. And I don't like how sunblock feels, and I like to fish a lot. So. <laughs> tell, tell me a little bit about, about that transition from the river fishing to going out and fishing on the big water. Um, well, it went from finesse to pull hard. Um, somebody once told me I was river fishing. They're like, man, Hines, you pull really hard on these trout. And I'm like, well, they're just 20 inch fish or, you know, you might every once in a while get a good seven, eight pound brown. And I've been noted to blow some big trout off. So, you know, I, the biggest thing is I would say I'm kind of an, I, I don't suffer. I've not been clinically like you have attention deficit disorder, but I've had a few good friends be like, you can't stick with nothing. Like you're onto one thing onto the next and trout fishing. I did for probably 10 years. And then I went to uh, the lake and this is where I'm at. Like I live in Traverse city. We have a ton of options. There's stuff that I don't even touch here that I should be touching, but I'm not cause I don't have the time. And I just like big fish that pull hard. And since moved to Traverse city, this is where it's at for me. Yeah. The, uh, Grand Traverse Bay, you're, you're located right there. It's one of the most kind of unique pieces of water on Lake Michigan. Tell us a little bit about that body of water that, that you call home. Oh, man. Grand Traverse Bay is a mecca. 
there's endless, endless opportunity here. I don't care if you're an inland lakes fisherman. We have so many inland lakes. We have smallmouth, largemouth, bluegill, perch, pike, musky. And then you get into the bays, and we still have the same species. There's literally there, you can do everything here. Like it's endless. Pick your poison. And if you're not happy there, go out on the big lake, catch steelhead, catch browns. I literally we trolled a brown yesterday. I'm like, wow. Yeah, cool. Another one to add to the list. Like it's a mecca for fishing here. There's nothing like the Great Lakes and Grand Traverse Bay hosts it all. It's beautiful. I love it. It's home for sure. Yeah, people that don't know the area, uh, that is a, an area that's really kind of one of the Michigan's biggest vacation destinations. It's a place where people from all over the state and other places go to kind of spend their week off in the summertime. Tell us a little bit about that area and some of the other things that they might encounter uh, other than the great fishing. Okay, so if you're a man and you're coming here for tourism, okay, Northwest Michigan is beautiful. I've mentioned it. I love it. If you're a man and you're bringing your wife here, okay, gentlemen, men, women love wine, especially moms, any kind of women, they love wine. We have so many wineries here and everything like come fishing, send your wife and your mother-in-law or your wife and your mom, wife and your mom, I don't care. Send them to the wineries and come out fishing with at least any kind of charter captain here in Northwest Michigan. It's awesome. Like there's golf courses, there's breweries, we have amazing food. I mean, I'm a little chubby. <laughs> I enjoy the food a little too much in the winter. But we have, like, I can't say enough about northern Michigan. So there's plenty to do if you have somebody in your party that doesn't want to go on the water. Plenty to do for them and keep them busy during the day. You talked about a lot of the species that you find in the bay. How are you going after them? And how does the seasonality change in the bay throughout the year? Well, we definitely suffer from cold cold water because we're you know we're kind of in the arctic we're not really in the arctic but you know on cold cold years our bay will freeze you can actually get out there and ice fish uh, i fish so much that i don't actually ice fish i go out with buddies and kind of hang out but you can ice fish there are charters that are running ice fishing programs around here um when that water on thaws in march sometime that's when the guys are they're going out there targeting their cisco their early lake trout their perch. Perch program is a big one for me. I kick that off right around the first week of March. As soon as I can get the boat out of the launch, you know, go out and find those perch. We're getting on that pre-spawn bite and that pre-spawn bite will ride all the way out until May, you know, and then I'll have about a week and a half of Cisco casting, lake trout casting where we're, you know, we're targeting those shallows for those fish. And then I'll kind of jump over and I'll head down south with my boat because I'm on the trailer and I'll go and just start whipping on salmon down south. And then, you know, as summer progresses, I come back north. And then in the fall, you know, the water starts cooling. We have a seasonal lake trout limit here on Grand Traverse Bay where we can't fish after September 30th. So my season kind of goes into salmon until September 1st. And then I have about three weeks of Cisco where we just jig for them. And then I go right back into perch until basically ice up. Last year, I think my final trip was December 23rd. So I almost get seven full months. So it sounds like you're a pretty busy guy and you're going after a lot of different things. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, you're, you're mostly doing jigging when you're fishing inside the bay. 
Absolutely. I absolutely love the jig bite. Um, the person that introduced me into jigging was a close personal friend of mine, and he took me out, and I had very little knowledge other than what I'd done with walleye jigging. And from the first fish I hooked, I was just like, this is awesome. Um, and I worked on it and worked on it, worked on it, worked on it. And I only fished with that person one time. He took me out one time and we've obviously since then fished and he's fished with me, but I just literally took my Navionics and I obsessed about it in front of my computer. And I just looked at all these reefs in Grand Traverse Bay and all these shallow spots because of the contour in Grand Traverse Bay is just, it's simply amazing. We have a ton of contour, a ton of place that Lake Trout can be and the population is just amazing. So I literally took that and I just, I got on the ground and ran for like a year on my own time and just spent a whole summer and a half just finding places, finding places where trout would live and just start beating them up and figuring out and put a program together. And finally I was like, okay, I'm ready for this. Like, let's put some people, somebody else other than me on the end of the rod and let's, you know, let's start whipping some trout. And now it's just, it's just my staple for Central Coast Angling. When you're out there jigging those lake trout, what, what kind of depths are you usually fishing in? Um, you know, what are you throwing? Tell us a little bit about that. For definitely for the jigging program, I'm focusing in the summertime. I'm focusing from 80 feet to like 110. Our waters will get up to like 70, 72 degrees. And I can't stress this enough. It is hard on the fish in July when you're yanking them out of 150 foot of water. You know, these are our resource, so you have to take care of them. I've went as far as putting ice in the cooler if it's a big fish, cooling them off so we can get that quick grip and grin, put them back in the water. You know, so 80 to 110 in July and August. Um, you know, there's no sense of going out and trying to jig them out of 130, 150 foot of water in April because the water temperature is coming up. They're on the feed. Go ahead and get yourself up into the shallows, cast those blade baits, or blade baits around from 20 to, you know, 60 foot of water and, you know, just, just learn, you know, I mean, casting and jigging, light tackle, feel the bite, can't complain, love it. All right, you've, you've got that trailerable boat. Tell us a little bit about the boat you're running and kind of why, why you chose that boat and, and how do you use it to, to really maximize your success? So I have two boats. I have the 2018 Roballo Cayman 226. It's a bay boat. It's got a 250 Yamaha uh, show on the back of it. You know, it's all island with hummingbird stuff. That was the first boat I bought in 2018. And that boat basically got me into untouchable waters at a good speed, uh, safe, um, more deck room. That's a great boat. We still utilize it. And then I just upgraded another to the second boat. It's a Skeeter WX 2200 with a Yamaha 350. Um, the reason I went to that boat was for trolling capabilities. Um, it's all remoted in, eye-linked. It's got all the bells and whistles. So for more spacious reasons, when trolling, we obviously run the Skeeter. When I have to jig, I'll run the Rabala. When I have to perch fish, I run the Rabala. So it's kind of nice to have two boats. Um, so each boat has, you know, a reason you know it's got a place in my program it's nice to have two um, as far as being on the trailer i just can't imagine not being on the trailer at this point i can literally go anywhere anytime anyone you know i can chase these fish whether it's salmon whether it's lake trout if i want to go to lake superior and fish you know i have a clientele base that want to go up there and fish the big fish 
Um, we have a Kevin and Grand Marais that, you know, our family owns and I can literally go anywhere, anytime. So I think that that's kind of, as far as the Michigan charter boat fleet goes, I feel like, you know, the small boat charter boat program is kind of at the pinnacle of it right now. We get, you know, six to seven months, we can do anything we want, anytime we want. And for a working man that has a family that, you know, we have to provide for, I think that's a good choice for me. Awesome. Um, you, you just talked, you just said Lake Superior, and I do want to get to that later, but what, let's stay kind of where you are for right now. We talked about, about the, the jig bite on the bay, but uh, when you get out on the main lake, uh, tell us a little bit about that and what you're doing out, out on the main lake of Lake Michigan and what, kind of what port you're running out or what ports you typically run out of based on what, what's going on there. Absolutely. So I like to kick off my spring trolling program for Kings. Uh, I like to kick that off right around the 10th or the 11th of May. You know, I'll start lining up my clients somewhere around the 15th. I start in Whitehall, Michigan. That's north of Muskegon, south of Ludington. I choose that port because I have a good friend that lives there and I can kind of shack up with him and just kind of hang out. I like the town. I like the area. I think the fishing is great there. Um, I'll run there for about 10 days. Usually we're at the beginning and the fishery is great there for one, they've got really good kings, there's steelhead and there's coho. So you get three great species there. At the peak of it, there shouldn't be any reason why you're not hitting double digit days. Like everybody has days on the water, but day in, day out, we just spank the fish there. It's really, really nice. It's convenient. I have a slip there. I've been going down there for two years now and it's just an aggressive program that I can fish every single day. Ludington's right around the corner if I want to run up, you know, to a little Sobble Point. Um, you know, it's a standard program, high lines, you know, we're running cores and we're not, I don't even, yeah, I did bust out some coppers this year, but the water's cold. So we're, you know, we're focusing on those fish in the top column. This year is a little bit different of a program. At one point we were fishing down deep. And then, you know, right there around the 25th, I like to transfer to the Manitou Islands. I've been fishing the Manitou Islands since 2005 or 2006, I believe it was. And from the very first time I fished there, I fell in love with it. I fished the North Island, the South Island. Um, I can commonly be found out of Leland or Glen Arbor. On occasion, I will go to Northport. Um, Northport is also a great area for perch and smallmouth bass. A lot of my lake trout jigging go out of there. But just for where we're at right now, talking about the big lake game, my entire summer is basically Northport, Leland, and Glen Arbor from May 20th on till August 15th. And then obviously I have to start focusing around the pierheads to close out my season those last 15 days. What's the structure like around those areas, Bob? What are you, what are you kind of fishing? What are you targeting in those necks of the woods? So the beautiful part about the north is we have structure. And when I say structure, we have very steep banks where those fish shove on a southwest wind it shoves our temp into those banks and in july you focus literally like it's 60 foot down to 150 so you get yourself on those banks first thing in the morning you make one or two passes you knock out some fish by your second pass it's 8 30 or 8 in the morning and you head out and when i mean you head out you out you go out and you hit 180 to 220 in july when that temp goes down to 90 to 100 you just 
keep yourself over 250 because you have a bank of 150 to 200 and you keep yourself out there and that's where those fish are at so it's like a second bank essentially but it's just a ton of structure it's super super fun there's a ton of fish i just can't say enough and when i'm saying like we have Platte Bay that is like probably 15 miles away and they stock the snot out of that thing with coho. So in August, our coho show up, we've got steelhead basically from May all summer long. So if you get bored, just run out to the stem line 20 miles and go whip on a bunch of steelhead. So the, the structure there is it's endless land of opportunity. So when you're out in the summer, it's, it's really kind of a mixed bag situation. Yeah, absolutely. Like we've picked up a few coho, we don't see a lot of coho here in the spring. Uh, we have picked up about three or four up at the islands this year. Um, it's more common in August, you know, when they're kind of staging, they kind of come back. I wish I kind of knew where they went. It's still everybody's like, where are these fish going? But we do have steelhead. We have a lot of kings. I mean, the king fishing right now is probably last year. The king fishing was super hot the last week of May. And we just didn't have that this year. And this last week and a half, it's been double digits. Like we've just been spanking them. And we had this cold front that came through, I think Monday or Tuesday, I ran out there the other night and for a night bike program, just for fun, you know, another charter captain and we checked it out and see what was going on. And they were still there um, for night bite. You know, you don't always spank them like you do in the morning, but then we went out yesterday morning and our dipsies were absolutely slapping us just like laughing. I'm like, this is going to be the best summer. It's set up so good right now for middle June. And they're always here around the 4th of July, some big fish. And then August, it just gets better. Like it just goes, goes, goes. And I'm like, oh, dipsies are going to be slapping all summer. You know, I was pumped about it. So we, we talked to Russell Gahagan over on the Wisconsin side, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. And, and he kind of said the same thing. He said, it's right now it's shaping up to be the best year that he remembers for at least in the last 10 years, for sure. What do you think is is happening that that's making this fishery kind of sound off this year? And what's kind of going into this and leading into this? So I think as a professional standpoint, I don't want to get all political and stuff, but I think finally the lake is exactly balanced where it needs to be. And our lake goes through bait and fish stocking, and we don't know what our natural reproduction is over here on the Michigan side. Um, but I think for what we have out there for bait and for predator in the lake right now, I feel like it is 100% perfectly balanced. Um, we've got a few more kings this year, and I can see that in my bags every day. I can see some smaller fish right now. I can see a lot of one-year-olds. And I can also see, you know, um, a lot of, you know, big adult fish. Now, the size of those fish this year, I feel like they're down a little bit from where they were last year, but we also got more stocky. So that's going to replicate smaller fish. The biggest thing I'm seeing right now, and I get really super excited about this, is the age class and the L-wives. The age class and L-wives this year are about an inch and a half to two inches. So that's a really young age class. So that's something to really get excited about. That right there says i think we're set up really good for the next three or four years as long as we don't overstock kind of and we keep ourselves right you know just to stay humble we don't need to go out there and catch 30 40 kings let's be happy with like eight to ten fish that are in that 15 to 22 pound range i mean that's what i want to see so everybody has their own everybody's like oh more and more fish but i think we're in a great state and i'm excited about it what our future holds over here on the west side 
Well, Sarah just dropped in. She says, Dipsies were absolutely slapping. Sarah. Yeah, she's she's a fun gal. She's been on my boat two times this year. She's uh, We just spent a whole weekend with the DSG girls, and she was one of them. And she came out this year for the first time in May. She was with me in Whitehall, and she's been with me at the island. And uh, somewhere along the boat, I think my first mate, Quinn, coined the phrase of Dipsies were slapping. I don't think anybody's ever heard that before on the boat except for Quinn and I. And so now somehow she's got me making shirts that slapping Dipsies. And, yeah, she's a uh, – She's a dipsy diver fool. Her her husband is a very talented charter captain down there in the southeast corner. And uh, he sent me a Snapchat this week that he had himself some uh, dipsies for walleye. And he wants to slap some dipsies down there on Erie. So we'll see. It, uh, it sounds like you guys better trademark that. You, you know, there. my wife does a little store, a little Etsy store, and she's been making some shirts for the 4th of July and some kid shirts. And I think Sarah, it sounds like she's going to ship some shirts up here. We're going to get some hats uh, slapping dipsies. So maybe <laughs> I slap dipsies with Central Coast Angling or something. There you go. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Like, how? what's your program look like? How are you attacking the water column when you're chasing these kings in the summertime? Oh, gosh. Um, so fishing has came miles since like obviously Chris, you and I started, um, I used to just go out there and set lines with dad and just wherever you get bit, you get bit. And I had a guy in my boat yesterday. Oh yeah. We used to put a thermometer down there, find that temp. So we have fish hawks. I mean, everybody has a fish hawk. Now that's a stable. If you don't have a fish hawk, I don't know what you're doing. Like seriously, like when I put one on my boat, my rigger bike just exploded. Like sure. I was getting bit on long lines on my spoons and stuff, but like the whole program came together with fish hawks. So we won't have to dabble into fish hawk stuff. We love fish hawk. I mean, it's the pinnacle. Um, but having said that, my biggest tactic right now is airmar technology. And my buddy Dave Maynard introduced me to airmar technology, and they are the inventors of chirp. And I put it on my skeeter, and I'm legit running 28 mile an hour, marking Lakers at 168 foot. I know everybody's like, whoa, 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 wait, what? Um, I can get readings like 400 foot of water going 30 mile an hour. It's stupid. If you don't know what airmar technologies are, you better get one on your boat. It's a big investment. It's like a downrigger. You know, it's expensive. But get yourself an airmar. Get it dialed in. Rytech Marine makes a great mount for them. That's my biggest thing right, right now. I am running until I see pods of fish. Literally running. Oh, they're not where they were yesterday? Let's try a mile off. As soon as I see them, bam, baits are going down. After that, it's just temp. Where are the fish? And everybody knows standard procedure. You fish at temp or just above it. In low light, so you put uh, right now we're still fishing. We have got cores on the boat. The other day I had to put my fives and eights and tens back on the boat. Uh, 250 coppers. I've got 350s, 325s, 350s. That goes out, you know, get those fives and sevens. Get that silly stuff in here right around 8 o'clock. Send it down deep meat. And when I say deep meat right now, I'm like talking like 60 foot. We're not going deep meat for like 90 foot, like 9 o'clock. You know, so that's my program right now. Run them down, find them, fish at temp. Temp the other day was at like 48 foot, and we were knocking them off at 32 foot, I think, on our riggers. Our dipsies were slapping somewhere around 75 yesterday morning. So that was our low divers on wire. So run them down, find them, and after that, everything's firing right now. Like your springtime program out on the big lake should be spoons and meat. We've just started picking up. I'm a big meat guy and paddle, okie paddles, uh, pro troll paddles, Mag spoons. My program is if you're fishing below 45 foot or 50 foot, you put 
you know, mag spoons down. If you're fishing anything out higher than that on cores, you put some spoons on. So I have a standard program on my boat that works good for my boat. And sliders, free sliders have been going off on riggers at like 45. So that means the fish are at like 25, 28. I don't know. You're, you're not running a huge boat. I mean, you're running this trailerable boat. How many lines are you usually getting out when you're out there trolling? If So I am certified for four people, and then I run a mate because I like to run a lot of lines. So that's six of us on a boat. Michigan law, you can run three. So that's 18 lines. Unfortunately, the most I can get on my boat, because I can't get a shoot rigger out that little boat. If I could, I'd have a shoot rigger. So we're running 14 lines, uh, four boards aside. We're running uh, two sets of riggers and low divers and high divers. So 14 with uh, – Sliders on a good day if we're fishing deep enough, so 16 baits is pretty fun. Yeah, how do you, how do you manage that with, with clients in the boat? <laughs> oh, and, and, and the mate. <laughs> absolutely love it. It's a ton of fun. So the Ravalo on the Cayman has a nice – it has a really nice chill deck up front. So I just people put people up there with their cooler or their snacks or whatever and just be like, take a nap, you know, all for you. You get up there, take a nap. I don't care what you do. But stay out of the back of the boat. Well, the Ravalo is the center of council, so it's got that center of council. It's a little tight. And so that's why I'm like, let's get another boat. Let's put people, you know. So we've got the Skeeter, and yeah, sometimes somebody maybe might hang out at the passenger council, but we put beanbags in. My bo- good buddy Dave, or uh, Corey Elder over in uh, New York's like, he's got the same boat, the 20, WX2200. He's like, Bob, get those beanbags in front of your boat. One, they'll take naps. Two, it's comfortable. People love it. Everybody, every adult man loves a beanbag. So I put beanbags on my boat, and these people are just chill. They're having the time of life. I've seen grown men be like, <sighs> you know, they're crashed out. And honestly, so they're out of the way. And I had a buddy come out the other day, and I'm running my 14 lines, and he's, you know, he's on like a 45 foot tier open. He's like, this is on, like, how do you do this? Easy, you just send it. Like, there's no reason why I can't fish that many lines. Like, there's no law. It's all out there. It's spread out. The only fish that are going to go over your other lines are your rigger fish, and that just means they're hot, so you just pull harder. Corey, Corey is watching, by the way. I saw oh, Corey. <laughs> He's a little, a little bit earlier. He'd, he'd come up on on the viewers, so I did see him see him on. Uh, when you're running something like that on a rig like that, organization is going to be super key. How, how do you organize your boat? Uh, so – I live right here in Traverse City, Michigan. I would be a bad person if I didn't support locals. So I have to support Big John. Um, so I'm in Big John like every spring and sometimes through the summer. But I try to get this taken care of and like whatever I need, you know, before season. So I'm running their quad trees and then I'm running ratcheting for my lows and my highs. And then for my riggers, I'm obviously running Big John's. As far as storage, both boats have an incredible amount of storage. Gosh, I would say they're equal, equally good. Um, the Robalo probably has a little bit of live well space, but that's an afterthought. You got to catch for fish first. Um, I mean, paddles go on one side. I'm kind of a paddle nut, so I've got a ton of paddles. Um, you know, I, rods go up front, set them up every day, set them down, you know, rod holders or, you know, I always carry an extra like rod reel combination with me, swap out reels if I have to. But storage, actually, we've kind of got it down. Like, it's like a – I w- actually, I just had to do a uh, demo on setting up this many lines. That's something I can get. It'll be up on my Facebook page and Instagram page, my YouTube page here shortly, of setting up a big, wide spread on a smaller boat. So just if you're out there and you're in a 20-foot boat, 
if I'm on your boat and you're a 20-foot boat, I'd better see at least 12 rods out there. Yeah, let us know when you put that up. We'd love to share yeah, that with, with cool. our people because that's it's a question we get all the time about how do you get these lines set up on a smaller boat. So we'd, we'd really love to see that. Um, how important is it, do you think, to make sure that that boat is is organized to kind of the T, to the best you can be? How, how important is organization to your fishing success? Organization for me is absolutely everything. I mean, you're hiring me to take you fishing. So one, I better put fish in the boat. If I'm putting fish in the boat, that means that my best paddles are on top. I'm a big fan of, uh, for meat rigs and paddles. I use pool noodles. I've got a whole bin with probably 20, 30 pool noodles and paddles in there. Um, spoons, mate series, um, literally moonshine, warrior, you know, every spoon manufacturer, I've got my mags, I've got my colors together. Like, it's like perfection. Um, rods, I mean, it's literally, that's my side. That's my mate's side. That's port starboard. You know, I'm literally dropping my 10 color in right now, my 250, my 300, my 325 on my uh, starboard side, my port, you know, nine color, 250, 275, 300, you know, high diver, low diver, you don't unhook anything. Like my divers are ready to roll. You just put a paddle and the meat on there and you'd get them out. Like we were probably putting out 14 lines. I think we timed it the other day. We had it done in like probably like 13 minutes. So fast, fast, fast. Get them out there. Get them bit. That, that's impressive. And Dan Crane actually just, just asked that question as you were describing it, uh, running the planners, divers, and rigor. What's your routine for setting them all up? Okay, Dan, this is I'm glad you asked us. We just covered this on another podcast the other day. So in the springtime, if you're fishing silverfish, silverfish are shallow in the water column. I absolutely, I do not care about my temp because I know what my surface temp is coming off my hummingbird, your Garmin, your Lariance, whatever you're running, Dan. Get your boards out. Get them away from the boat because the, you know, even – I've had fish bite lead five colors out of my hand. I've had them bite three colors out of my hand, but get it, your boards out first, first thing in the morning or first thing in the evening, get those bit ASAP. Then get your high divers in, get your low divers in, get your riggers. That is my springtime program. Now, when you get a temp and you got to get down in that temp, it's 180. Get your, get your fish hawk in. That's rule number one. Get that temp. Get that speed on your autopilot set, get your rigger, get your low diver, get your high diver, and then your shallow boards in. So if you're running a 250 copper, a 300 copper, a 350 copper, stack them that way. So rigger, low diver, high diver, 250 copper, 300 copper, 350. Very nice. Just got, got another question, and I like this one too. This is a good yeah. question. It's uh it's over on Facebook from Jared Baker, and he wants to know, how do you keep your energy up when you're running two trips a day for multiple days straight? <laughs> um, I really like what I do. <laughs> no, Jared, we've worked together. Jared, Jared is a good friend of mine, and he's a newer charter, JB Custom Charters. We've done some dual boat trips this year. Uh, he caught me sleeping on the on the bean bags on the front of the boat one day. Uh, other than that, there's a lot of a lot of rock star. Uh, probably not good for a 38-year-old man, but 
between the rock stars, the two hour power naps from, you know, one to three, and then the three hour naps at night. I mean, you just, you just go, you just go like crazy. Um, we'll get you there. I mean, you can handle it. I've, you catch big fish. So just go. All right. You talked a little bit about spoons earlier and, and having uh, everything organized, getting your colors. What are some of your favorite colors for Kings uh, when it comes to spoons in your neck of the woods? Okay. So my neck of the woods, we're clear water. We've always been clear water up here. So I like a lot of natural. I do not like ugly stuff. Uh, my mate Quinn on the boat absolutely loves ugly stuff. I like natural stuff. So my top colors, Bob Hines' top colors, what's going out every day right now? Uh, Psycho Perch from Warrior in a Mag. Uh, Dancing Anchovy from Moonshine Lures in a Mag. Um, Mongolian Beef. Um, Blue Hulk Mag from Moonshine. What else is out there? Gosh, that's what's time. I have a spoon I live by. I will throw this out there. I call it Farley Spoon. My best friend, Ryan, one of my best friend, Ryan Farley, brought this little warrior four-inch spoon on there. I think it's a steelhead orange, something steelhead. It's made by Warrior. I call it Farley Spoon. This spoon is UV. It's got an orange stripe across it and an orange stripe down one blade. It's like a 3.75 or four-inch spoon. This is my everyday species spoon. It's caught every species on the Great Lake, including Cisco. Yes, we get them while we're trolling in the summertime. I will put that out on a high line every day of the week. So that's what's on Bob Hines' spread. Oh, Raptor, Moonshine. How could I forget that? It's been killing it. Also, another great spoon, uh, Zombie Apocalypse from Great Lakes Tackle. That fish took a ton, or that spoon took a ton of fish last year. Another good one, I kind of worked with Tom from Great Lakes Tackle and Outfitting. We made a blue zombie apocalypse. I call it the Bob Hines spoon because I kind of, I was like, hey, why don't we have this in blue, Tom? So that one actually has been firing like crazy the last week. I don't even know if it's on his website. If not, ask him, tell him you want the Bob Hines spoon. So that's that's my program right now. And then as far as divers, diabolical, live and breathe diabolical i don't know if that guy makes a meat rig. i don't know if mark makes a meat rig that doesn't catch fish um and then oki paddles pro troll stinger um michigan stinger they don't even make them anymore but i got them in pro troll there's some like 20 year old stuff they've been slapping fish um 10 inch spinnies eight inch spinnies from shane down at Dreamweaver. those things are killing fish uh confidence pedal whatever you have in confidence your confidence pedal, put it out there, at least one fish. If they're slapping dipsies, you'll get one fish on your confidence pedal right now. All right. You get out with uh, with a lot of different people. And uh, when you're when you're fishing, I, I would say right now there's a lot of people that are getting into Great Lakes fishing that haven't tried it, and, and now they're getting into it for a lot of different reasons. What are some things that you think that new anglers to Great Lakes fishing typically overlook that would help them become a better great lakes angler buy a fish hawk if i had to go out there if, if i got my tax money and i was like okay i can get riggers my wife's gonna let me get riggers i would you know i get a few spoons buy confidence spoons whatever looks good looks fishy buy that run that program this is what i go with if you're in fish if you're marking fish and you get it in their face, and your speed is right, and your temp is right, everything's right, 
you will get bit and catch silverfish. Lake trout, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. But find fish, know your end fish. Rule number two, other than have a fish hog, never chase someone else's fish. I've watched a lot of buddies get burnt this year saying, hey, come over to my fish. And then they get over there. Dave did it one night. One night. We're out for fun. My buddy Dave, he, Sarah and Evan and I were out there slapping fish. And sure enough, here comes Dave to my fish. I'm like, no, go back to yours because he didn't catch any of mine. Don't chase other people's fish. Find your own. Mark them. Fish hawk. And just don't chase fish and use your confidence spoons. You'll catch fish. All right. The check's in the mail for that. <laughs> you got to have a fish hawk. I seriously would not go out there with one right now. All right, Bob. We've been talking Lake Michigan. We've been talking Duran Traverse Bay. But uh, one of the things that I thought was really interesting uh, from just from your website and also talking with you before we went on the air tonight is uh, your trips up to Lake Superior. You've alluded to them a few times. Tell me a little bit about what you've got going on over on Lake Superior. So Lake Superior to me is it's like something that I get to do a few times a summer. I wish I could do it a month straight in the summer and probably July or even middle June to middle July. I've always been in love with Gitchigumi and I like to go up there. Like I mentioned, I love to feel the bite in my hands. I love big fish that pull hard. I love to pull hard on big fish. And lake trout is just, I don't know. I think it's the river fishermen in me still. I had a lot of river fishermen. I have a lot of trout in my background. And when I came to Traverse City, there was lake trout here. But Superior is literally the pinnacle of lake trout closest to Bob Hines in Central Coast Angling. Well, it just so happens we have a cabin in Grand Marais. And, you know, Navionics, I ran with it. And I get on Navionics, I'm like, oh, look, there's a reef out there. There's Big Reef, which you can hit from Grand Marais or Munising. So I spent a little time on Big Reef, and then I expanded a little further, and all of a sudden, Bob Hines is finding reefs out there 45, 50 miles. Um, before you know it, I'm literally running 50 miles up to get to the Canadian border to catch lake trout on musky gear. So I get a good clientele base, and it, when you have a good clientele base, you just don't sell them salmon fishing trips. You don't sell them Cisco fishing trips. You sell them the full package because that's what we are here at Central Coast Angling. And so I've got these clients now that will go up to Superior with me. And I leave, I think, next Friday, little family time. I need a vacation because I work Memorial Day. And so I'm going to go up, have three or four days with my family, and then I've got my clients coming up, and I get to introduce them to Gitchigumi in massive lake trout and just completely remote, untouched waters. Anybody that kind of, you know, social media and YouTube has evolved, and we've all kind of familiarized ourselves with Standard Rock. I know Travis was on the uh, show last week. Travis is pretty much the man. Um, I would book Travis. I've fished with Travis. I think the world of that guy, he's super fishy dude. And I've talked to Travis about the Grand Marais thing, and we've kind of, he's never been over where I'm at. I've kind of fished over on Standard a couple times. But to me, the volume of 10 to 20 pound fish per 100 fish, talking lake trout, the opportunity like is just ridiculous where I go. I've spent a lot of time, about three years up there and running around these reefs. And I know exactly where, you know, we call them humpies. These fish are five to seven pound fish. You can't really get out, out of them. It'll be every cast. Um, so, you know, you think if you've ever been to Canada up to Wawa, I spent some time up there when I was a kid, every cast I'm thinking like pike and, you know, just little fish. That's exactly what the humpies are, what I call them. 
there on uh, Lake Superior. So I avoid those ones. Um, and the reefs I know have these 10 to 20 pound fish and there's opportunity. I mean, we've got fish up to 24, 26 pounds up there. You just, it's, it's the major leagues of fishing in my book. It's, it's the world cup, the major leagues, the Stanley cup. It's you wear yourself out for eight hours. So the biggest bait you own. That sounds awesome. So when you're up fishing that bite, you're not trolling that. That's that's exclusively a jigging bite there as well. Uh, it's more of a casting bite for my boat. Um, I would say it's a jigging, but I won't really let you vertical jig. Anybody that's spent any time throwing blade baits with me here on Grand Traverse Bay, we take the same concept. You basically heave a giant bait. Um, and not everybody is capable of throwing an eight to nine ounce bait. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll set you up on a two ounce bait. We use... Um, Big, big artillery, obviously, like 30-pound braid, 30-pound mono or leader. And you throw it as far as you can. And those bigger fish in Superior hang, you know, we're targeting 70, sometimes 60. I find a lot of smaller fish in 60 feet of water. But 70 to 120 foot of water, sometimes 200 foot of water. And we're fishing structure. And what I'll do is I'll roll through. And I'll, if I see them on the sonar, I'll be like, all right, six casts. It's a six cast rule. Everybody throw off the corner of the boat or whatever I have. You know, if I have four people, everybody, you know, two casts, that's eight casts. And you've got two casts to hit a fish. And I'm looking for structure, rock on the bottom. And sometimes I mark fish in those cracks because these are rock fish. You know, your big fish live in, you know, their entire life. These are old fish. So you just move fast and you move a half mile, quarter mile, sometimes 10 miles at a time. And you just pitch to them and your bigger fish are cruising in the upper because the upper column, because that's where, you know, that's where your herring are in the forage for those big fish. So they're lazy. They're just going to cruise. So we've literally like, it's not a common up there in Gitchigumi. You cast out and you see, you know, you're fighting this 20 pound fish and there's like a 30 pounder and another 20 pounder rolling right alongside it, waiting for it to puke something to eat. Or it does, it doesn't know any better. Like these fish are untouched fish. So it's really, it's like the end of the world. I mean, it's awesome. It's an undescribable experience. And you're usually fishing in complete fog and you don't see land for eight hours. So, <laughs> What's that like for your clients to go out in, in a spot like that where where you don't see anything? And it, it is like you're kind of in the middle of nowhere, or maybe in, in a movie where where you're just lost out, out at sea. It's pretty much exactly that. Um, we leave the dock really early in the morning. Um on personal time, I've been noted to leave at like 3.45 in the morning. Most times we're rolling out at the Grand Marais at like 4.30. It's an hour and 20-minute ride out there to the first spot. You're going through dense fog. You know, I'm obviously like, you know, in 37-degree water. You know, you got you revert. You put your gloves on, your hat. You got full Gore-Tex on or whatever. Um, basically, I see a lot of people nap. You know, it's all good. I'll let you know when the alarm's off. You know, I'll be like, you know what? I'm driving, I've got my navigation on and I'm sitting there, you know, I'll give them the nine minutes kind of warning, three minutes. Okay. 30 seconds, you know, I idle it down. Um, there's definitely freighters out there. You have to be careful. We watch the forecast, like not like just crazy. If it's two foot or less, we're going, but there's generally fog. It's, and then somewhere in the afternoon on a good day, if it's warm, it'll burn off around three 30. You'd be like, Oh, look, there's an Island way over there. Like 15 miles. So there's one island out there we get to see every once in a while. It's on the Canadian side. But yeah, it's there's not much out there. It's pretty remote. Do you, do you find anything else out there? You're fishing lake trout. Is there other species that you're hooking into while you're out there? Yeah, absolutely. If uh you know, if you need a break, 
and your arm's getting tired, we'll put on the weighted spoon for you and you let you throw it a country mile. And, you know, you just keep it up in the column and you'll see, you'll see steelhead just shoot in. It's crazy to believe, but there's actually a great steelhead fishery and brown trout fishery uh, up there on Superior. So it's not uncommon in the middle of summer like that to see steelhead come flying in on your spoons. Now, if you hook them up, yeah, it's happened like once or twice, but you'll see them. I mean, it's always calm. The water is very eerie dark there is how I would describe it. It's clear like Lake Michigan up here where I live, but because of the slate and the dark rock on bottom, it makes the water look dark, so it's really kind of hard to penetrate. Bob, it's great having you on tonight and kind of having you introduce us to some of the pieces of water that you're fishing. Is there something that, that I didn't ask you tonight that you really wanted to talk about? Mm, yeah, actually there is. I'm probably I'm I'm a wired up charter captain for sure. Um, I'm 38. I act 12 most days. But you didn't ask me why I do this. You didn't ask me why I do my job and why I'm so in love with my job. And the reason I do it is not because I want to catch fish or anything. It's because I like to make people happy. That's the number one. Like I haven't coined the phrase for my business or for Central Coast Angling. But bottom line, if I had hashtag because hashtags are popular because it's 2021, I would say catching fish is fun. And I like to see my clients catch fish and smile. I had a girl this past weekend. She's, I think Christina's like 30. She's never, she's a Southeastern corner native. She's never caught a King and she caught like three Kings and that girl smile. Like, gosh, like I just like to make people happy and see them smile. And I'm fortunate enough. God's given me a gift to, catch fish like crazy and make people happy like crazy. So that's exactly why I do this. And that's probably what, other than the energy drinks and, you know, just the jack of fishing, like I like to see people happy and like to give them something that my everyday world, but you know, it's a once in a lifetime experience for them. Yeah. That sounds, sounds incredible. And, and the whole beanbag chair thing. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So if, if people <laughs> oh, are going to get story. People want to find out more about you or maybe get an opportunity to sit in those bean bags. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, definitely, you know, text me. I'm up at crazy hours. Uh, 231-709-0990. 231-709-0990. Feel free to text me anytime. Um, text me like I'm your mom, your brother, your dad. I don't care. Um, other than that, there's Facebook, Central Coast Angling. Uh, there's Instagram, Central Coast Angling. We have a YouTube. I'm working more on that stuff, being a full-time charter captain. Um, but there is some tutorial stuff in there. I've been, been getting more of the tutorials, so keep an eye out on that. But you can also always email me, centralcoastangling at gmail.com, and you can also visit my website at www.centralcoastangling.com. I think it's important to note that you said text you like you're the mom or the dad. Yeah, don't, absolutely. Don't text them like he's your girlfriend. Guys. No, he texted me. However, I had somebody text me tonight. Turned out as my buddy Dakota. He's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I want to, I want to fish with Captain Bob Hines because I just do a post. You know, text me. I don't care." And I'm, I'm sitting on the toilet drinking White Claw. What's up? And he's like, "I want to fish with you." And then it was my buddy. I didn't have his phone number stored, so no, text me. I really don't care. It's awesome. I love talk fishing. Awesome. Well, Captain Bob Hines from Central Coast saying we really appreciate you coming on tonight. It was fun to talk to you. And I think uh, the thing that people will take away is that you've got some great energy and you got a lot of good things going on. So uh, if you're you. in his area or going to be in his area, uh, hook up with him. I think uh, you'll have a good time on the water. Thanks so much for coming on tonight. And thanks to everybody for uh, coming on and asking some questions and uh, watching the show. And what we're going to do tonight is we're going to give uh, the swag package to 
Dan Crane over on YouTube. And Dan, since you're on YouTube, uh, hop over to Facebook and give us a message with your address and we'll get that out to you. So thanks to everybody for listening and I hope you guys enjoyed and we will be putting this up on the podcast real soon. Captain Bob Hines, thanks once again. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.